Did you gift it to me, or did somebody else gift it to me? We got the white, white elephant. White elephant. Yeah. Says, "Don't be a Richard." If yeah. you're wondering. Um, All right. With that, happy Wednesday, everybody. Uh, Doctor Muse with Doctor Ohm for another clinical coffee chat, and we're going to be speaking about something that uh, Doctor Ohm had the the pleasure of speaking about this past weekend, and that's how we integrate within this functional continuum because obviously a lot of times we're treating injuries here in the clinic most people if not everybody are coming to us with pain but how does the care that we provide then wedge itself into this this further functional continuum or performance yeah i did a um i did a presentation at a professional sports team who will not be mentioned in this in this in this uh, um podcast but uh the, the topic was basically bridging the gap between treatment and performance. And so I thought it'd be a good, good conversation for us here because a lot of the stuff that we're actually doing in the clinic, of course, is relevant to, you know, the injury. We've, we've hammered on this, you know, for weeks and weeks and weeks. Mm -hmm. But it's also actually highly impactful on an athlete's performance. So, you know, when we go through and we've, we've harped on before, the importance of not only just addressing the pain, but finding the cause in the first place. You know, so if you've got, you know, a shoulder problem, but that's actually coming from, you know, a neck issue, derangement, derangement. certified. Um, I think there's two people on the planet that find that joke funny, and we're both sitting here right now. <laughs> um, so if you've got a problem that's actually in the neck, finding the source of the problem, the cause of the problem, addressing that is going to then help with the pain. Well, the same yeah. thing is true with function. If you're talking about performance, if you've got a shoulder that's not in pain at all, but it's not functioning, you know, in an optimal way, well, that might be coming from, you know, what I call a functional block. And a functional block, you know, we, we'll go through examples here in a second, but when you have functional blocks, that's going to prevent optimal movement of, you know, whichever joint is sort of like part of that kinetic chain. Right, right. And like we can use something like baseball, for example, um, e even in the case of where uh, <laughs> big, I'm a big baseball guy. Uh, in the case of like maybe the pitcher has no pain, but there's still these functional blocks that Dr. Dr. Ohm's talking about. Well, then that's where parts of our exam can kind of come into play where we can decide, OK, where in this kinematic sequence or, or the overall body motion that's required for something like the pitch where's the kink in the chain and that could be something like thoracic mobility or the ability to lay back with in the with, with the arm which most pitchers is not the issue um, or the ability to sit into that front hip so those are more um, fine-tuned things that we'd be doing it here in the office and then what that's used for is them building this foundation like we're not like we don't have a pitching mound anywhere in here so there's a good chance i mean I, I'm guessing you wouldn't be happy if I had somebody thrown just balls up against the wall and probably the neighbors either. Yeah, yeah. But can we work on some of these foundational concepts like the ability to centrate the shoulder or load through the hip here in the office and then have them take that sensation to the mound where they're going to be working with their more sports specific coach and integrate it within their sport. That's the end goal of a lot of things we do here, whether it is like working with a high level baseball pitcher or just someone who wants to get back into CrossFit. Or someone who has a shoulder injury. If you, the, the commonality between these two 
tasks, seemingly different tasks, right? Get someone out of pain, you know, treat the injury, or improve their performance is the quality of their movements. And <clears throat> what we're trying to do in here, whether it's treatment or training, is we're trying to improve the quality of our patients and our athletes' movements. So if you have functional blocks within the system or kinks in the kinematic chain, like Dr. Muse was just saying, that can actually hinder proper movement and reduce the quality of the movement. Okay, well, when the quality of the movement is bad, the two results are going to be reduced performance and then also potentially increased risk of injury. You know, to stick with the baseball yeah. theme, a common functional block that we would find in patients uh, is going to be scapular instability. So the, the scapula is the bone to which your upper arm kind of attaches and it creates the shoulder complex. Well, the, the stability and function of that, that bone is highly important for not only protecting the, the glenohumeral joint, the, the proper shoulder joint proper, but also for being able to execute an, an, a pitch or, or you know, transfer force from there. So if you have scapular instability, that's going to make this, this uh, part of the kinetic chain less efficient at transferring energy from the lower body into the ball. Right? It also might make, you know, because the shoulder, the scapula is not quite as stable, it's going to be harder to, to execute a precise pitch. So now you're not going to be able to hit the strike zone quite as easily. On the injury side, if you have scapular instability, and whether you're doing CrossFit or pitching or something else, that's going to increase your risk of injury to the actual shoulder joint itself, the glenohumeral joint. So it really has to do with just movement quality. Mm. And if we can improve their movement quality, that's either going to reduce their, their injury and treat their, their pain or whatever, or it's also going to increase their performance. Yeah, and I mean, when we're talking about some of these higher levels of sports, some of these, what may seem like minute changes that we would be making on people could be the difference between either a scholarship athlete and a non-scholarship athlete, a Olympian or someone who made it to the Olympic trials. Um. <laughs> Solid bird. Solid bird. Like that might have been that might have been your best bird. If you did, although your only mess up there is you laughed at the end of it. Yeah. You just let it. Slide. I was waiting to see what your face oh, was like. Um, but when we're like we're working with Ferraris at that Close point, like I was marrying one. <laughs> yeah. So there's these minute differences. Whereas for someone who's let's say uh, freshman baseball player at, at high school, we may be you know, pulling back a little bit and like, we got to change some more like global things. Whereas when we get to more of these, these fine tuned athletes, well, now we, we really got to pick this thing apart and figure out, well, where is this functional block? And that could be the difference between a injury ridden career that may limit what you can do uh, functionally and in performance or propelling you into that next level where, where you're performing at a, at a high level. Yeah, and even in cases, let's say that somebody will just stick with baseball the whole time. If you've got you know, a stubborn technical flaw in your, in your swing or your pitch, well, there, no amount of cueing is going to correct that or no amount of like thinking of it differently is going to correct that if there's a functional block present in the system. Mm. So our job is to go in and identify these blocks and then go after them you know, in a targeted way. So if you have, um, let's say that you've got a, an issue in baseball where your swing, you know, you're not able to actually finish, or, or golf is probably a better example, you're not able to get all the way through your finish and it's because your actual, you know, your, your, your hip has limited range of motion there. Well, if you can't 
turn into that hip and the range of motion's not there, you're gonna have to compensate with, you know, arching your back or laterally flexing or, you know, overusing your arms and that could impact the actual quality of the swing. Mm -hmm. So there's no cue that you can give a, a, an athlete that's gonna correct that issue that, you know, if they have an actual block of the system. And so that's kind of what we would do if we were working with somebody that just came in, a little bit of pain, but now they're interested in performance stuff. And we have these people that come in all the time that want to actually just improve performance, or maybe they feel good now, but they don't want to have these injuries, um, you know, keep coming back. Right. So, you know, just to kind of finish, we, I want to sort of pop into the clouds for a little bit. If we think about what we're doing either in here or what we're doing in training, it really has to do, if you just get down to brass tacks, it has to get, it has to do with, with protecting the passive tissues of the body. So when we're talking about, you know, movements or what I call joint position management, you know, the, the, the brain's ability to properly and accurately and precisely manage a joint's position, that's going to happen from really two major structures, passive structures, bones, ligaments, um, the meniscus and the, in the, in the knee, the labrum and the shoulder or the hip, those are all passive tissues, right? They can't actively change um, their structure, right? Uh, but then you also have the active tissues, and that's going to mainly be the muscles. And so the, the, those two uh, tissues basically work together to manage the joint's positioning. And in sports, we're trying to minimize the damage to the passive tissues, because the moment you damage a passive tissue, you've just lowered the ceiling of their potential. Right. There's no, you know, if you have a like I have a torn labrum from a soccer injury my senior year in high school to this day, that shoulder is a, always a little bit tighter than my left shoulder. Right. I've been able to compensate around it. I've been able to, you know, perform quite as not quite as well as an Olympian, let's say. <laughs> um, but it's not as stable as my left shoulder. And so going in and identifying the movement blocks or the functional blocks is going to improve the overall quality of the movement of the athlete that we work with and that's going to not only impact their performance but it's also going to reduce the load on the passive tissues because it's going to preserve high quality of movement and if you can improve somebody's quality of movement reduce the load on their passive tissues you're now going to increase the longevity of their career because with every single movement they do in training, they're not beating up those passive tissues as much, so they're less likely to have you know these chronic injuries that sort of happen over time. Yeah, um, I think that's a great spot to stop right there. I love that. Um, as always, if you guys have any questions, reach out to us. Uh, send us a message on Instagram, the email, call the office, however you want to reach us. We'd be happy to talk to you. But other than that, hope you guys have a warm uh, Wednesday and. Uh, We'll see you guys before Thanksgiving next week, I'm That's pretty right. sure. Yeah. yeah. Thank, Have a good week, guys. Thanks for the burn, Brad. <laughs>